welcome to that American Football Show, powered by EP Sports. EP Sports is the top supplier in the UK for all your American football needs, helping players and coaches reach their potential since 2007. Check them out at epsports.co.uk. I'm here with Joe, Tim and Craig, and today we've got an interview with the amazing UK Dukes, and we also talk some schedules. Um, so we'll go straight into the schedule work. We've actually got two different leagues, potentially three if you include the European League, but uh, we'll, of course, talk about the NFL first. Uh, so as I'm sure we've all been aware, being in any one of the circles of news, because they've all been bombarded, uh, the UK the schedules are out for the, the NFL, uh, including two UK games, which we'll get into. Um, but... I mean, we're a bit, I think we're all a bit split on how important it is. I personally think schedules are, are nice to see, but it doesn't actually have any impact on you because strength of schedule is a myth. Um, but how have you guys uh, reacted to your, I know the Ravens have got a pretty rough one going ahead. <laughs> yeah, we've got the second on paper toughest, but like you said, it's, I mean, look at the Steelers last season. They were supposed to have a tough schedule and they had a cakewalk. Um, but we've got Raiders Monday night week one. We've got, um, Got a bit of a, a pod showdown um, with me and Tim. Um, Monday night game, so again, it's a it's a big one. And then we've got Kansas City after on a short week, so um, that will be interesting. Ooh, but I God, think that's that is. But we've got. I think the one that's most exciting is we've got Steelers final week of this final week of the season. So um, I think even if whether one of us or both of us are making playoffs or whatever, um, by that point or neither of us. Um, I can see both teams going at it regardless, so it should be at least one interesting game final week of the season. Yeah, man, Steelers-Ravens is, I think, now just a bit of a, a game for everyone for the past, like, two, three years. <laughs> I hope, they're such good games, though. Yeah, the, the opening week is, like, actually mm. pretty good when you look at it. Like, I'm, I'm going through it now. Obviously, Bucks-Cowboys is... It's Tom Brady against one of the most marketable franchises. <laughs> <laughs> Adam's not enjoying that opening game. As you said, we got the pod uh, rivalry game, Raiders Ravens. Uh, like a good game. There's you got you got Bill Steelers in there, but you've also got Chiefs Browns, which is going to be really yeah. exciting to see that little revenge game going on. Some you're just going to be sitting down all weekend. Like the hype is going to be fulfilled, I reckon. And uh, of course, two UK games being announced. Uh, first one, I'm going off memory here, is October 10th, and it is the Falcons at the... No, the Jets at the Falcons. Uh, and then October 17th is the Dolphins at the Jags. Um, so two years ago, these would have been fairly mediocre matchups. But honestly, I've... Like, they're not, like, these amazing established teams, but you've got Matt Ryan and the that unbelievable offence for the Falcons going against... Um, this whole new Jets team that, in my, I mean, I think everyone's opinion is they look exciting. No one knows what to expect. And they've got a whole lot of new new toys to play with. Uh, and then you move to the, the second week and you've got Tua and the Dolphins against Trevor Lawrence and the Jags, which is just an unbelievable little Florida showdown. And it's going to be like some horribly cold day and like all the Florida teams are going to be thrown off. But yeah, I mean... Obviously, there wasn't any games last year, but I'm super excited for both of them in London. Yeah. Kind of ironic. You've got two Florida teams playing on a cold Sunday night in October <laughs> in, in London. It's two, two dirty kickoffs. Yeah. Yeah, which is good. Which is good. Speaking of cold weather teams, um, Packers have just picked up, was it Blake Bortles? Yeah. And they've got the whole Aaron Rodgers 
situation and Devante Adams has uh, come out and said that if he left, he'd rethink his situation. Uh, do you think it's all just a big hoo-ha and media hype and just a bit of push and shove between them and the owner? Or do you think there's any substance in it? The more I look at it, the more I think Rogers is going to play for the Packers and he's going to play as player, general manager slash owner of the Packers. It's, <laughs> it's just a power struggle, I think. He just wants to have total control. Why not? Of any team... Who, why wouldn't you give Aaron Rodgers total control? Everything he's moaned about, actually, have I agreed with, with him not getting him better weapons and everything else. Uh, so I can't see him playing anywhere else. Nice. I don't want him to. <laughs> yeah. Frank, do, you, do you see Rodgers moving? I don't see him moving, no. I think a lot of it is just sort of being blown out of proportion and a lot of the stuff that's supposedly being said, I don't know if it really is being said. And part of me does feel like I under I understand where Rogers is coming from and I get it. And then part of me also feels like, well, at the same time, what more do you want? You've got the best receiver in the league, you've got, you know, you've got a solid offense there, one of the best offensive lines, solid tight ends, and you know, some he does have a reasonably solid receiving core. They've got uh, you know, the defense let them down a couple of times last season, but it's fairly solid in most places. Like at at a certain point you feel like, well, what what else do you want, mate? You know what I mean? Like there's only so complete your team's gonna be. Um I think part of it is on his shoulders to an extent. And he's I, not comfortable. I think he gets traded. I, I don't think he stays. I don't think we'll see him play with the Packers this season. Oof. How come? I, think, I think I just think the price is ridiculously high. When you look at some of the theoretical trades, you're giving away like three starting players and two first round picks for a quarterback who's in his late thirties. I don't know he was MVP last season, but you're kind of screwing up the development of your team if he only plays for two years. Yeah, but it's just following the year that a 42-year-old quarterback left his team and then decided to go to Florida to make a super team and then win a Super Bowl. So yeah, I imagine... A, a unicorn, though. There's, there's not many... It's a unicorn, but it's recency bias because right now the, the 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 main focus has just gone and done it. So Aaron Rodgers is probably sitting there going, maybe like there's the, all, obviously all the smoke screens of does he like being there, but the way I look at it is he's made... A, he's, made threats nearly every year and kind of been like, look, you've got to help, you've got to help, you've got to help. And they just signed him another backup quarterback who is the boat. He, he's played in championship games, I mean. So, like, why why would they get Blake Balls? If Jordan Love is the heir apparent, why have they got a, a, a subpar backup when they've got a backup that's kind of maybe wanted to get a bit of gate eye? It just doesn't make sense to me. He might not necessarily be playing football next year, but I don't think he'll be on the Packers. The smart thing, while his stock's still high, would be to trade him and just kind of, yeah, he might have a couple of years left in him, but you may as well sort of get what you can for him now while it's the price is high. Um, just don't don't let happen what happened last time with five and let it go to a divisional rival um, and let it... Could you let imagine <laughs> if, like, let's say... The Vikings, Vikings all lines to pick up one. The Packers are now in a division with Justin Fields, Aaron Rodgers, and someone else. <laughs> I think if he was going to get traded, and I said I don't think he will, the Broncos would be the obvious and most gullible team to do that because they're so desperate for a quarterback <laughs> after years and years of not having a quarterback. They would sell the farm yeah. to get him I, and mortgage I, their future. I think as well, like if you're going to be that team to go get him, you've got to be 
very good in every other position on the pitch. You can't just get Aaron Rodgers and just be like, oh, you know, hopefully he's the thing that will connect us. You know, as you say, you're, you're trading away your, your near yeah. future of your franchise. You have to have everything else in place for it to work and for him to try and get that Super Bowl. If you haven't got it, then it's just pointless. Yeah. So you look at the other one that's quite often mentioned is him going to the Raiders. Aaron Rodgers isn't going to fix the Raiders. We've got a semi-decent quarterback, no matter what you think of him in Derek Carr. And yes, Aaron Rodgers is definitely miles better quarterback than Derek Carr. But Aaron Rodgers can't play D-line, O-line. He can't play in the secondary. So he's not really going to help the team on that side of things. What about the Niners? That was another team that was thrown about a lot for them. Now, no, they Yeah, it's whether they plan on starting them straight away. You could always bench them, redshirt them for a year or so. Trade for Aaron Rodgers and have your backup already in place to have the yeah. draft. <laughs> That's the thing. I don't know if Rodgers would be too comfortable with that, would he? If he's going, he in does. Look, he's from Cal, though, and he? he went to. True, uh, Carl University. It's where he wanted to go, wasn't it originally? But I think um, from a from a bargain bargaining point of view, he's got, he's got the full house because he's got. I want to be traded. I can walk away from football quite easily, and I can do this Jeopardy hosting gig full time if I want to. <laughs> so you've got to do exactly what I want you to do. Yeah, I, I mean, a three. I, yeah, there's a, there's a definite chance it is all just false threats, but I just think he he's not going to do it at this point in his career when he's done it so often, and now it feels like a bit of a final full stop. I think possibly there's a whole Illuminati of the American media who get together every off season and come up with a story so they're not going to talk about for four months. <laughs> this time we're going to pretend Jerry Jones is actually dead. But he's just been animated. <laughs> Did you guys see the some of the um, schedule reveal videos? Some yes. of them really. The Giants one was just one of the worst things I've ever seen in my entire life. They got some of the team jerseys wrong. Um, the Cowboys had Post Malone like knocking on Jerry's door and handed him the schedule as the postman, which was amazing. Yeah, that's quality. Um, I can't, what was the other one I linked in? Um, but the the Chargers one, whose social media team, they're on top of it. They did their schedule as pop tarts, and they just had like all these joke pop tarts, and like the the Kansas City Chiefs one was just like a one thrown in a plate covered in ketchup and stuff. It was like so some of them were really funny. <laughs> um, but yeah, we have other schedule news. So Buffer have also released their new scheduling systems. Um, Tim, do you want to talk about it? Have you got that information up? I do. Uh, we'll talk about this more next week. We've got a couple of guys from Baffer coming on, and that's one of the things we'll ask them about. Um, I've not been through the full schedule, obviously, because there's so many teams, but when I looked at my local team in Scotland, it looks like the way they've done the schedule is that there's only one game a week per conference. There's a couple of weeks where there's actually two games. So there's quite a few gaps between games. I don't know if that's a COVID precaution or something yeah. else. So that they've got, if they get a cancelled game, I guess they've got wiggle room. But that's something we'll definitely get answers from the guys next week. I mean, yeah, like you said, we'll talk about it next week. But very interesting, they've chosen to restart the War of the Roses by having the White Rose and the Red Rose division. Both for Lancashire and Yorkshire. 
yeah, I think the whole realignment thing, they've actually put uh, regional teams together. So all the Scottish teams are together, all the Northern teams, Southern yeah, teams, etc. Whereas before, it used to be. yeah, there was so much travel. I know last season or the season before, sorry, like Edinburgh were playing against the Merseyside Nighthawks and that would have been a hell of a trip. Having said that, I've just looked at the Severn League and Birmingham is in the same division as Bristol. <laughs> that far? Is it not? No. Uh, West Midlands, about, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, it's about two services on the M6, I think. Oh, uh, my geography is yeah. just askew then. <laughs> See, the, the two London teams are kicking off against each other, in they? Or, the, or two of the London teams. Is that Blitz Warriors? Yeah, I believe yeah. so. Top two, aren't they? Yeah, that'd be good. I've seen the Wembley Stallions there. Our friend Glenn and Fergal used to play for them. Um, but yeah, uh, and then the EFL schedule, that was that released a, a couple of weeks ago? Was that this week? Yeah, no, no, they released it a couple of weeks ago, but there has been some more sort of news regarding the ELF. Like their website finally got launched, um, which you can sign up to have the sort of game pass system that they've got going. Uh, they've got all the prices on that. I think they they do like a full season one, a, a team one, a day one, and a game by game one. So depending on on how you want to look at that, and then uh, a couple of the rosters have been announced actually within the last like well today, uh, Frankfurt Galaxy and Barcelona Dragons have released their rosters, and I believe in ELF you get uh, 60, 60 players on a roster and another. Five, I think, are on the practice squad. You can have no more than 10 European players outside of the country. So if you're German, you can't have any more than like 10 non-German Europeans. And then four international players. So it is to really promote the sort of the national, like the, whatever country that team's from, it really supports the players in their country. So it's actually quite a, a nice move. Like, as you said in the past, Tim, like, the, they used to be full of, you know, American players who would come over and it wouldn't actually give the European players a, a sort of basis to, yeah. to grow and learn their skills. So they've they've sort of gone over that. And of course, you bring in the skilled players like Jader and, and, and others to come in and, and do their thing. But it's, it's interesting. I need to have a little look at the full lists. But yeah, it'd be good to know some of these players over the next it's few not, months. Not that long now till it starts. Week one, um, Saturday the 19th of June, the mm-hmm. the original game, Barcelona. Um, Dragons against Stuttgart Sage, and then you've got the is it the the Rocklaw Rock, Panthers? I don't know. Tim was better than against the Cologne Centurions. But then, interestingly, on the Sunday, we've got uh, you mentioned Jadrian is Sea Devils going up against Cadell's Frankfurt Galaxy um, yeah. on the Sunday, and then you've got the the Bale and Funder and the the Leipzig Leipzig Kings. Um, I hope it's just this amazing thing that's going to go for years and we we got on top of it on the first year and just followed it all the way through. I'm so excited. I hope it just smashes it. Yeah. I'm um, sure it will. But yeah, uh, so not too much. Actually, is there any other kind of player news that's been floating around that we want to talk about? It's all gone relatively quiet, hasn't it? It's mm. just Rogers is the sort of thing that's making noise. Colts signed the, um, is it Eric Fisher, the left tackle? Oh, yeah, the left tackle. Yep, so that's, I don't know how, how his uh, recovery is looking like, because he was fresh, pretty freshly injured, wasn't he? Um, but, yeah, that's backside, or Carson Wentz's backside protector, so nice to see they've got him a nice injured fella. 
<laughs> it's gonna help with that attitude. <laughs> yeah, he's not gonna be ready to October, is he? So it's uh it's quite a way. I saw a really good, really good meme on the uh on the Indianapolis Colts subreddit. It was like uh the first is that the first picture celebrating when you realize you're playing the Broncos week one, and it's like when you realize the Broncos are training for Aaron Rodgers. Oh god. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so that's all the scheduling news and NFL and every other league news. Uh, we have now got the interview with uh, Phoebe and Kenny from the UK Dukes coming up. So uh, Joe can put that right here. I'm here with Joe, Tim and Craig and coming back on the show, we've got Phoebe Schechter from the UK Dukes and joining her is co-founder Kenny Bello. Phoebe, great to see you again. And Kenny, it's great to finally have you on the show to talk some football. How are you guys doing? Yeah, really well. Thank uh, you. We're, I'm excited to be back personally. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having us. And I'm not offended that this is only my first time at all. I'm going to take it nice and easy. And, yeah. No, I appreciate it. Thanks for having us. Not a problem at all. So um, for maybe the listeners that didn't hear the, the last uh, interview we had with Phoebe, do you guys kind of want to break down what the UK Dukes actually are and what you guys do? This is my favorite bit because we get to check how much Phoebe remembers the spiel. So. <laughs> I'll, I'll give a little shortened version and then Kenny can go into full detail as he is the real founder of the UK Duke. So um, really what we are is we use American football as a tool to inspire children and get people involved in the sport. I think that's something that's so unique to the sport outside of the US is we all kind of are we're fans of it or we start at the same level and, and just getting people involved. I think that's our, our biggest thing. And we both come from a background in terms of this sport has given us so much throughout our lives that we just want to give back. And, and this really allows us to do that. So that's always our, what, what kind of our compass essentially. Yes. Yeah. And to, you know, to just add to that, I think the, it's a, it's now a business that started quite by accident. I heard that today, so I'm, I'm borrowing it. Um, but it, it started off as something that was meant to engage kind of children and young people um, in the sport of American football and kind of what to do if you weren't a part of a team or you did, you know, it wasn't practice, but you, you and a mate with a ball, what fun things can you do? You know, between Odell Beckham catch a ball one hand, it's like, yeah, that's easy. Um, it is not easy, but went down, filmed some of that stuff. Um, and it, you know, got some fairly good traction on social media. Um, and since then, our, our aim, our purpose has been to develop a brand more than anything else that, you know, we could apply to any number of things. But people would know it was high quality. People would know it was fun. And people would know it was American football. That was our, those were our, our those are our three kind of main goals. So, Anything to do with football will will be there or thereabouts. So we'll have something to do with it. And it's just to make sure that people are having a great time, a quality time with it, you know, because the best experience just keep people coming back essentially. So yeah, that's the that's the jukes. <laughs> yeah, I've seen some of your stuff on social media and it just looks also like if like you said, fun, it just looks like you want to be there helping out and everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a uh, it's 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 um being able to create an environment that people want to be, as you said, a part of that, that just looks the part, sounds the part, just feels, I don't know. But I mean, it's football. Like who's not happy to be around football? If you're, if you're not happy to be around football, you're having a, a really tough time, you know? So 
that's a, it's a kind of a, an easy win, but a win-win as well for us. In that it does look like a lot of fun. I seen the um, the clip you shared from a little while ago the other day, the the somersault catch. Um, I was just curious how, how many takes that took. Uh, did you manage your first try or did it take a few? Always, goals? always, always one, always one. That's the answer. <laughs> now we just got to teach Kenny to do it. That's a big trick. We've done a bit of on the trampolines, the backflip catches, but uh, yeah, we're working yeah. on it. <laughs> I prefer solid ground, a nice bit of turf underneath my feet. I'm, I'm happy. <laughs> did you ever used to watch those um, the old fantasy football file videos where the old it's like they used to do the, like pick me and it's like punching through the wall and grabbing a ball? <laughs> we tried, we tried some of those in real life because I don't know if you guys know but those things were fake they were no, as fake as they <laughs> I refuse to believe someone can't dive through both windows of the car <laughs> oh man um, yeah so we tried a few of those from time to time and yeah really difficult but we used to watch a lot of those and that was they were some of the inspiration for some of the things you know we've done and, and tried to do in the past so just I it's just about handed catches every week when I played there just wasn't any cameras invented back when I played them so <laughs> yeah yeah I'm sure there's a Polaroid somewhere with it until I And so, uh, obviously, when we spoke last time, I think it was just when the kind of lockdown had kicked in, so everyone's plans are kind of ground to a halt. Um, what kind of stuff have you been doing since everything started to kind of awaken again? Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, as we all know, it's definitely been unique for us as a sport. And I think the biggest thing we've all been worried about is it's kind of just losing participants to the sport. You know, Kenny and I are, are quite fortunate in a way that we're able to, again, wear many hats, right? We both work for BAFCA. We both work for BAFA, you know, and so we get to stay in it a lot more. And, and perhaps sometimes that kind of puts blinders on us because we see all the great things that we're trying to do behind the scenes. So for us, we've had a lot going on, but actually, you know, this time has been a really great time to reflect on what are our goals as the UK Jukes. I mean, heck, like writing a, a children's book during lockdown has been pretty cool. Not something we ever thought that we would do. Um, but, you know, being able to reach out to the community and just seeing how passionate people are about the sport and getting back to playing again. I mean, that's kind of what's inspired our Duke's Royal tour right now. You know, everyone wants to just be together. It's not, it's not just about playing the sport. It's about literally bringing the community together and enjoying each other's company. And I think so many people have been missing that throughout the past year. Yeah. I think, you know, as we came in, I think there were three or four uh, iterations of, wanting to get started a bit, a bit jumping the gun a bit, you know, every time COVID sort of finished, it was like, oh yeah, let's get back on it. Um, but I think one thing we saw was the potential, vast potential that non-contact football could have, you know, or does have. Um, and I say non-contact because that's not just flag, which some people would, you know, might think is quite a niche um, from an American football standpoint, but also from a seven on seven standpoint where, or even, you know, um, O-line, D-line going against each other without basically football without the helmets and shoulder pads. Um, and then coming out of COVID, a, a non-contact element of it where any sort of contact is fleeting. Um, so we kind of wanted to push the seven on seven element, obviously get back to flag uh, and just give people a chance to play. I think one of the things we perhaps lack in in in, the, in this country is in the UK in general is 
just opportunities to play. If I want to play football or rugby or, you know, I can go around to the park, around the corner from me, there'll be someone there with a the team, you know, join a, you know, and get to play. I get to play matches. Um, but opportunities to play football competitively or whatever level that might be are so few and far between that the more opportunities we can give people to play, I think the better it is for the growth and the development of the sport. Yeah, that's a really, yeah, definitely. Because you, you touched on right at the beginning uh, how it all started was like uh, imitating Odell Beckham Jr. And mm-hmm. there's like, you, you've got loads of time to go down to the park, you mate, and just run routes and stuff like that. Sure. But there's nothing compared to actually playing a proper competitive game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it just, it changed. I, I watch, um, I'm not going to name any names. I watch a bunch of kids that we know kind of, they go to the park and they run one-on-ones all day, every day. They run one-on-ones because they see these Instagram videos of DBs getting turned around and stuff and they all want to do that. But, you know, put four of them, five of them on a, pit, on a pitch together and say, right, run a play, run a series of plays, you know, like get a drive movement. And then the kind of football education is lost. So that's the, if they we can get more games, you know, young people, not just young people, people in general, books, start to draw their own plays if, if there are matches to play and if there is a reason to do it and it's, it's about giving them that that reason that motivation I must say having tried to coach um, when I worked in America I coached some kids playing football and I was like I, I played fullback I know offensive plays I like went up there I was like I don't know anything <laughs> <laughs> they're on a different level in the states I mean we've talked about that just being out here in Germany sometimes you're like gosh some of these high school kids would kill us <laughs> they just know so much from a young age it's just so much more natural to them but I guess it's the same thing with football in the UK I mean that's just such a, a sport that's ingrained from as soon as you can stand up and, and kick a ball yeah um, I remember I, I worked with the the eight-year-olds and there was one kid there who was pretty tall for his age but he could he could just throw the football so far I was like, how can you throw a football that well at eight, eight years old? And he's like, well, I've been throwing it since I was like three. And I was like, yeah. yeah. And I felt like all the English lads, except for myself, because I suck at football, soccer, they, they could, they were all just unbelievable at soccer because they've all played it since they were young. It, it just carries on that, like their American, just the muscle memory behind it's crazy. And even, even that kid at eight probably has a lot more playing and practice experience than a lot of, people in the UK do at 19, 20, you know, because that for those four years, if we're not, I think we, we find the game quite at a later stage at this point in time, you know, and it's about helping people to find the game a bit earlier because then those skills are picked up and developed. Throwing is something, again, that we don't really do, you know, whereas in the States you have um, baseball, you have football, there, there's a lot of, you know, just that kind of one-arm throw that, that goes on um, that is perhaps not as, prevalent here so yeah the more the more people can get to see it and do it the better it is the better it is say what well, i know joe can throw football because he played cricket and cricketers have got a wicked arm I, I, yeah i tell you what I, I, a few of my mates over sort of not what at the back end of last year we went down and played three on three bit of american football and it just became competition of who could throw the ball the furthest and accuracy went out the window, technique went out the window and it just, but you're right. It's just like going down to the park with mates and just running plays and like the, the amount of like satisfaction you get from just selling a few of your mates completely the wrong way. Whilst one of your other guys runs a little outside it's, it's amazing. And it's just, yeah, you're right. That entry level just to get people in and playing and getting a feel for it is just so important. It's, 
it's what we have been missing in this country. So now it's good that you guys are, are going all out for that. And do you think there's, is there or will there be an uptick in kind of the amount of uh, participation people coming for? Because obviously it used to be you'd have a level of people always kind of bobbing along, but now that everyone's been deprived for so long, do you anticipate kind of a, a or has there been like a wave of new um, people coming forward to play it? I mean, I think that naturally we're going to lose some people off the back the past year, but actually I think people who perhaps had never played the sport before are kind of more keen to get involved. And because it's almost like every team gets to start all over again. So they're able to advertise to, to rugby, to soccer, to cricket, to whomever, and bring in people that way, which is, it's pretty exciting for our sport because we're just going to make everyone better by doing that. But I think it also comes down to the past year has been great for BAFA in terms of being able to actually let's get a clear vision going forwards and, and, and part of that vision is, is increasing flag football in particular. And then when you see worldwide that we've got the world um, championships in December now in Jerusalem and then world games next year and then potentially Olympics in 2028, I think there's so much room for growth and people to get involved, not just from a playing perspective, but coaching. And, and I know a lot more people are, are starting to actually think this could really be a career for me, whether it's going to schools and teaching or you know, whatever that looks like officiating. I think there's just so much, so many more pathways than there ever have been before. And, you know, the relationships with the CFL, we've got players that are able to go out and play and national uh, international pathway and the NFL Academy. I mean, gosh, none of these things existed a few years ago. So how cool is it to think that actually we can change lives through the sport of American football? I'm curious. So, how, how much of you guys been following the um, developments of the European Football League and the U- United Kingdom Football League? I'll, I mean, I'll take the EFL side. Kenny can take the UK side. Does that work? <laughs> <laughs> or the ELF? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I guess in terms of the ELF, you know, it'd be really interesting just being out here in Germany and obviously having that be a big competitor with EFL yeah, One. Right in the middle of it. Yeah. Game. So they're getting some really great players in um, you'll also be getting the guys that are kind of have been at the CFL and perhaps have been dropped or players that were part of the international player program and they haven't been able to play. I think the biggest thing is, will it happen? Is there the money behind it? Are there the stadiums behind it? You know, the idea of it sounds great and it's people wanting to kind of resurrect NFL Europe. And I don't want to take that away from anyone because we get more football worldwide. Like how cool is that? Um, I just hope that it can really be what people envisioned it being. And I, I'm not hundred percent sure on that, just kind of sitting where I am now, but um, I do hope that it, it works and, and people get a really great experience from it. I mean, I think it's the same. I think it's the same from a UK point of view in terms of someone's got to be the first, right? If we're going to go down this route, someone's got to kind of, take that leap and hopefully have all their ducks in a row and I think and I think naturally with anything that is a that has the potential to be a genuine game changer you you know you don't always you, you, if you're risk averse you don't you, you, know, you don't jump two feet in you don't you kind of sit back and you go well you know and I think the the general gist is that it's football it's development and you hope it goes well for everyone um, but our all the ducks in a row. Will there be the 
demand for it? Will you know the, the will the consumers want that, and will they be able to provide what is required? And there are so many different you know uh, things that affect if it will succeed or not. From finances is the easiest one to look at, but also I mean, you could have a, a bad weather day that means tickets run low and changes a, a, a balance sheet for a particular team. You know, especially early on, things are so sporadic or temperamental you know so fingers crossed for everyone I, I think people are working hard and you know where people are willing to put the work in like you can't but wish them the very best and you know hopefully it just pushes the game forward to where we all want it to go yeah totally agree i think the money thing is always going to be the worry whether the league succeed but we've spoken to people from both efl and ukfl and they're passionate to make it a success yeah. Um, and we're behind both leagues, hopefully. As you say, the more football, the better. Um, yeah, we're, just, we're behind everyone, yeah. Just, just, uh, <laughs> yeah, just don't be, anyone will come on our podcast. We'll support yeah. <laughs> uh, all very political here. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, all the best to all of them. Um, now, just to kind of jump back to, to your stuff, um, you, you, you kind of mentioned the, the world tour, you've got the royal tour going on. Um, how's that going? What's that all about? What are you guys kind of doing with all of it? Um, so the Royal Tour, as I said, we, we were, I, specifically, I was itching to just, as soon as Boris said, go, you know, okay. we're good. 30, all I needed was, all we needed was 30 in a, in a, on a flat field, we all make something work. Um, so, and as, as soon as that happened, we kind of just jumped in and wanted to get involved. Um, <clears throat> just being Plainly honest, I think fives, because it's what people know, has been the most kind of sought after. We've had some great days in London, Aylesbury. Um, we didn't go through with the Bristol event. Um, uh, where were we last? We were in, Ch- in, in Kent. Thank you. Lost. All these days start to like meld into one big flag football event. It's an amazing ride, but you know, <laughs> you've got to remember that. Um, and then this weekend we're in Manchester. Um, you forgive me. I don't know when this airs, so I hope it's still this weekend <laughs> when this when this airs. But yeah, this weekend we're in Manchester, um, which is going to be another big one, slightly just a, slightly bigger than London, uh, and then um, Northampton on Wednesday is going to be the, the first day that we really have um, a proper sevens tournament going. I don't I don't know if just putting this out there. I don't know the sevens hasn't been that heavily subscribed, which. You know, to be frank, our assumption was that contact teams would want some form of competition and a, a way to ease back into competitive. But it seems like with the announcement of the league, which is huge and fantastic work by Baffa, everyone's going back into the contact. So I think the Sevens will still have a, its place, perhaps in more in the off-season than during the regular season, because people will naturally focus on their contact seasons. Um, but no, things are going really well. Um and we're still, we've still got fingers crossed for our dates in Glasgow. I think Cardiff is going to work. Um, and then we've got Leeds, Sheffield, and one more. There's one more place. Leeds, Sheffield. Thank you. <laughs> South Coast, that's the one. <laughs> I need to get you details. I'll, ju- I'll see you at this. I'll, I'm in Manchester, so I'll defo come along this weekend if you've got a bit like, need someone to come along and help out. <laughs> You gotta make sure there's a capacity in our in our. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, more than welcome. As long as we've got, as long as we've got space, and as long as it's within um, our COVID numbers, that's that. It'd be amazing to have okay. you down. I'll, I'll drop you guys a message after. Perfect. Thank you.
that, that sounds fantastic. Um, kind of, is it kind of people are opting in, or is it uh, again working with kind of youth groups and stuff like that? So it, it's we put it out to everyone. So we've had um, basically any because so we talked to we had quite a lot of conversations with Baffer. So Baffer are partners in it, and um, we also got Wilson to sponsor it. Um, and the biggest thing for us was we didn't want it to be exclusive to just Baffer teams. It was it had to be an entry point for whether it was youth clubs, whether it was um, there were a ton of kind of businesses that have these teams that play at, at weekends but aren't a part of any formal league or structure or whatever. Here's a tournament to play in, come down, you know, and take part in the day. Um, so it, we wanted it to be something that people from all different areas could put a team together and sign up. Um, and we've had that. Uh, we, we had a team called the Fruit Bats so, you know, last weekend. We've had the kids from Big Kid Foundation who are, you know, you know going to be genuinely the next generation of footballers. And they're looking, there are some ridiculous athletes. There's a um, the Blitzer kid, Phoebe, the, I think he must be 14, 15 maybe. He covers the 14 odd yards from blitzer to quarterback in next to no time and he doesn't miss like he doesn't <laughs> miss flag it, it's the weirdest thing i've ever seen because i fancy myself as a bit of a mover and a shaker when it comes to evading tacklers and yeah the pressure was he didn't he didn't get me caveat he did not get me <laughs> but yeah the pressure yes. was, so there'll be it, it's a great chance yet yeah. <laughs> it's a great chance to get experience for people who are new to the sport it's a great chance for people who have left the contact element and still want to play and, and you know, uh, get some of that, those energy, the, the the thing that you spoke about, Joe, in terms of the three-on-three at the park and selling a fake one win and someone just by themselves in the in the far corner. It's still an amazing feeling and it's so much fun. You know, give every chance to play. <laughs> I'm going to keep saying that. Fun? I'm going to keep How saying much fun was writing the book as well? Oh, do you know, so the book, interestingly, started off as... We wanted it to be a TV show. I'll just be honest, because books books are great. If we have a TV show, like that's my show on, on Netflix or whatever. Um, so we we wrote we we did have some scripts written down, uh, a show bible. I don't know if anyone knows anything about TV shows in here. Um, and as as with these things, we pitched it to a few people. Some you know good feedback we got on it, but no one was willing. You know, no one took it on. So then COVID hit, and it was like right. You can self-publish on Amazon. You can, you know, go that route with it. Um, so writing the book was fun because, you know, Phoebe's idea was like, let's, first of all, like, let's do something for girls. Let's make sure it's inclusive of girls and women and females and has that kind of role in there. Obviously, the book is diverse. Um, and we just formed our first Duke's kind of flag team at the time. Bunch of mercs basically just going around trying to win all the tournaments you know, that they were going. Um, so the idea was to turn everyone into kids and make the book, make a book that was both fun to read as a story, you know, but also then subliminally to an extent, but also quite literal in educating about some bits of, of American football. Um, and we've done that. I don't know if you guys have got copies. We'll, we'll probably send some out after these um, if, you don't, if you don't have them already. I will say shame on you if you don't have it already, but we'll send some out just in case. Uh, um, but we've got a page in there that is 
very technical. It tells you what a centre is, what a snap is, who the wide receiver is, who the quarterback is. Um, the rest of the book is pictures and stories. And then we have a glossary at the back that explains the terms. And, you know, there's so many different bits that hopefully any young person that picks up the book, without necessarily having ever touched the football and never having played it, understands a bit about the sport, understands why when they see it on TV, why is everyone standing still? Why, why are they, you know, why, why aren't they moving? Why are they... And then they start, everything just happens and they start running around and hopefully helps to make, helps them make sense of, of what they're seeing on the screen. Um, but yeah, writing the book was fun. It was challenging. I think there, there were rounds of editing that, you know, Phoebe could talk about that were tedious. Um, there are people that really literally check every dot and cross on T's and, um, and even then, you know, you still, you still get things wrong. Yeah, um, but it was good fun, and and I think the best bit is you hear all these cliches about it's about the journey. It's not about it's not that you've got a book. It's about the process that we went through in putting it together. You know, is what makes it enjoyable. You know, and then seeing it in in people's hands is the weirdest feeling ever because you're like, oh wow, <laughs> they're reading our book. That's weird. <laughs> Oh, amazing. Thank you guys so much for, for talking about that. Just a, a, a little segment to talk about, obviously, the NFL uh, right at the end of this. So we know, Phoebe, you're a Bills fan. Uh, Bills did... Are you Are you actually? Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, obviously the Bills did really, really good. Josh Allen had a fantastic year. Um, I, I know we were all kind of low-key rooted from going, yeah, Phoebe's team as well. Yeah. Kind of how how do you feel about the bills? How do you feel about going into next year? Yeah, it's really exciting, and I think to kind of see them from the beginning, where you go through all these growing pains. But Coach McDermott had a really clear vision of where he wanted to get to. So to actually see four years on that they're getting to exactly where you know they've been pointing to and sailing to has been really really cool to be a part of, and and just really seeing. Josh's development over the years, you know, I'm sure you guys remember his rookie year and he was making some pretty crazy mistakes and, you know, just to see him not trying to shoulder the team the way that he used to anymore. And, and obviously having weapons around him, like Diggs has been amazing for him. Beasley's come through. So it's really quite exciting. And, um, you know, I, I know that they'll continue to grow and develop and, you know, it's been great, obviously, like just, I'm still really great friends with all the coaching staff. That's kind of the world that you end up living within and um, I'm excited for them for next year. And I think just them having that experience of getting that far within the season, like that's the first time a lot of those guys have ever gotten there. So now, you know, it's not going to be new. It's not going to be something they've never experienced. They've already been there. They can visualize it again. And, and I think that they'll come back even harder next season. What about you, Kenny? Who do you support? I support whoever's on offense at the time. <laughs> <laughs> no, mildly controversial. So I, I started when I got into American football. It was, it was long ago, long ago enough when YouTube was fairly new and there were these highlight reels of Mike Vick playing. Oh, yeah. uh, I remember the video very clearly. Seven minutes, fourteen seconds it was, and I used to watch it every single day. <laughs> um, so he's the, he's the reason I got into American football. Uh, fancy myself as a quarterback at the time. That didn't last very long. <laughs> um, but when he, so he kind of, I kind of, I followed the Falcons. I knew Algie Crumpler. I knew uh, Warwick Dunn, you know, as a kind of three on offense. I didn't really understand much else about the sport apart from these great plays that these guys were making. Um, 
But then kind of Vic left Falcons, got in trouble, all that Coach, stuff. Hold and on, Coach Weidinger up, said the first day that he was there that uh, PETA pro- protesters were standing outside when Vic came into the building. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that was, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so then he kind of, so I kind of like, I have a soft spot for the Falcons. I have a soft spot for Green Bay. Um Love what Lamar Jackson's doing at, at the Ravens. I see the Ray Lewis jersey back there. Yeah, yeah, there we go. <laughs> uh, tactical. I don't like the Raiders. <laughs> just to be specific to you. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm, I'm thinking Tim's gone. He's gone there. I'm back. No. Um, but I, to be honest, I just enjoy really good football. I want to see offenses play high, you know, high velocity offenses. Um, so the Oregon uh, college team from when uh, a few years back obviously the Kansas City Chiefs and the stuff they're doing absolutely love it any chance to see Lamar Jackson dance around someone I'm there a dream dreams of me playing that's uh, that's my that's yeah that's all we do that's all we do oh, amazing <laughs> um guys any more questions we've got for him before we let him go yeah just before we go and yeah you mentioned before being a Liverpool fan what's your prediction for tonight then Ah, uh, stress. I, we need to meet. No, 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 no. I, I'm feeling, I'm feeling confident. I think after the the tire saga <laughs> going into, uh, I think I'm going to say, I think high scoring game, high scoring affair because end of the season, Is that like one kind point? of less to lose. <laughs> oh, nice. I'm going to say, I'm going to say three two, three two Liverpool. I'll take that. Yeah, I'll, I think I'll take that. Liverpool. Well, I'll come back to that when we finish. When it's finished, <laughs> I'm, sorry, I'm supporting Man United tonight. Sorry, boys. No, oh, oh, you, you, you will be being a Hammers West, fan. West Ham need to get in the top four somehow. They so. don't. West Ham in the Champions League doesn't make sense. It doesn't. <laughs> yeah. it, 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 like, it's, it's like the Jags winning the Super Bowl. It doesn't it's, make it's, any it's sense. <laughs> <laughs> World's broken. <laughs> Um, so before we let you guys go um, do you want to let all our listeners know where they can find you online and stuff like that all your social medias sure everything is the UK Jukes or UK.Jukes whether that's Instagram Facebook Twitter all that stuff but if you ever have any question just reach out to us we want to help grow and point you into the right direction it's, it's been cool over lockdown at people reaching out to us seeing where they can get involved with our local team so Anything that you guys need, we will do our best to to help get you acquainted with the sport or or just get you involved. Oh, amazing. Um, thank you so much for coming on. It's been really, really nice talking to you guys again. And obviously, I hope we see you sooner down the road so that we can um, talk about all the great successes you're having. Thank you so much. Thanks, we'll see you in Manchester. Thank you. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hope you all enjoyed that interview. Um, I know we did. We really enjoy speaking to Phoebe and Kenny. Um, that's everything from us this week. So don't forget to reach out to us on our socials if you want to find us. And where can they find us, Joe? Yep. So our Twitter and Instagram is at TAFS underscore UK. And our Facebook is that American Football Show. And we've also got a website under YouTube. Uh, where can they find all that stuff, Tim? Um, don't forget to check out our friends at Lockdown Lids I did just recently check their stuff they've got uh, one really good one it's like a Chase Young or a Cleo Max signed jersey frame we also have a full size breath five up there at the moment um, we've also got to win your own actual helmet as well so if you're yeah. 
um, <laughs> potential player looking to get some kit. I think it was a, a brand new Shut F7, top of the line, top of the range helmet. Yeah, um, and there's also, I think, like some wide receivers like Darius Slayton and Marquis Van Valdez Scandling. So uh, make sure you go check out those guys. They're always putting good stuff up. Um, as always, please feel free to give us any feedback that you may have, whether it's um, positive or constructive. Uh, and make sure you, you leave us a rating on wherever you're listening to us from. Let us know where you're listening to us from. Um, we've got a couple of episodes coming out. Obviously, we've just had our JG and Clark one. It's our new Elf Ballers series. Uh, where we're going to be talking to players from each of these new teams and getting some insight on who their team is, who they are, and why should we support them. Uh, so really looking forward to getting some of that stuff pumped out. Um, but thank you, everyone, for listening. As always, make sure you head over and check out our friends at EP Sports for all your and NFL needs. And we will see you all next week.